It's March the 25th. Let's read the Bible. Friends, welcome back to our year-long adventure, our journey from Genesis to Revelation in just one year. Thank you for downloading the reading guide. You can get that at keepbelieving.com. Thank you for watching videos, listening to the audio podcast. Just so glad to have you with us. Let me encourage you. One way you can help us is by sharing the news of this Bible reading project. And I've got a friend who recommended on social media that her friends join in this Bible reading venture. And this is what she wrote. She says, I love starting my day listening to this read through the Bible video by one of my favorite teachers, Ray Pritchard. If you want to read through the Bible in a year, he reads each day and you just follow along 15 minutes ish. Just a cup of coffee's worth. Join me? Question mark. Isn't that a great, isn't that a great recommendation? Just a cup of coffee. And it's 15 minutes more or less, depending on how many chapters we've got to read. I want to thank my friend for making that recommendation. And I just want to encourage you on social media to tell your friends about it. Tell your Sunday school class. Tell your small group. Let's get everybody and uh, let's read through the Bible together here in 2023. And a reminder, of course, you can join now and pick up on the videos we've done so far. You can at your leisure you can go back and watch those videos anytime you want. Now, today, we're in this amazing, fantastic book of Joshua. And, and the year is about, this book was written about 1400 BC, thereabouts. And it covers mainly the, the, the seven years that it took Joshua and the people of God to conquer the promised land. Today, Joshua 4, 5, and 6. Remember the outline of the book. Taking the land, chapters 1 through 12, and the keyword is fight. Settling the land, chapters 13 through 22, the keyword is move. And then keeping the land, last two chapters, chapters 23 and 24, and the keyword is obey. If you want to live in the promised land, you got to fight, you got to move, you got to obey. Well, we're going to see how, how all of that, especially the obedience part, is going to play into these three chapters. The people of God have just crossed over the Jordan River at flood stage. It was a miracle like unto the miracle of the crossing of the Red Sea. God established Moses as the leader of his people at the Red Sea. God here now establishes Joshua as the leader of his people at the crossing of the Jordan River. Now, Joshua 4. After the entire nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord spoke to Joshua, choose 12 men from the people, one man for each tribe, and command them, take 12 stones from this place in the middle of the Jordan where the priests are standing, carry them with you, and set them down at the place where you spend the night. So Joshua summoned the 12 men he had selected from the Israelites, one man for each tribe, and said to them, go across to the ark of the Lord your God in the middle of the Jordan. Each of you lift a stone unto his shoulder, one for each of the Israelite tribes, so that this will be a sign among you in the future when your children ask you, what do these stones mean to you? You should tell them the water of the Jordan was cut off in front of the Ark of the Lord's Covenant. When it crossed the Jordan, the Jordan's water was cut off. Therefore, these stones will always be a memorial for the Israelites. The Israelites did just as Joshua had commanded them. The 12 men took stones from the middle of the Jordan, one for each of the Israelites' tribe, just as the Lord had told Joshua. 
They carried them to the camp and set them down there. Joshua also set up 12 stones in the middle of the Jordan, where the priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant were standing. The stones are still there today. The priests carrying the Ark continued standing in the middle of the Jordan until everything was completed that the Lord had commanded Joshua to tell the people. In keeping with all that Moses had commanded Joshua, the people hurried across. And after everyone had finished crossing, the priests with the Ark of the Lord crossed in the sight of the people. The Reubenites, Gadites, and half the tribe of Manasseh went in battle formation in front of the Israelites as Moses had instructed them. About 40,000 equipped for war crossed to the plains of Jericho in the Lord's presence. On that day, the Lord exalted Joshua in the sight of all Israel, and they revered him throughout his life as they had revered Moses. The Lord told Joshua, Command the priests who carried the Ark of the Testimony to come up from the Jordan. So Joshua commanded the priests, come up from the Jordan. When the priests carrying the Ark of the Lord's Covenant came up from the middle of the Jordan and their feet stepped out on solid ground, the water of the Jordan resumed its course flowing over all the banks as before. The people came up from the Jordan on the 10th day of the first month and camped at Gilgal, on the eastern limits of Jericho. Then Joshua set up in Gilgal the 12 stones they had taken from the Jordan. And he said to the Israelites, in the future, when your children ask their fathers, what is the meaning of these stones? You should tell your children, Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the water of the Jordan before you until you crossed over, just as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which he dried up before us until we had crossed over. This is so that all the people of the earth may know that the Lord's hand is strong, and so that you may always fear the Lord your God. Moms and dads, grandparents, just pay attention to that, Joshua chapter 4. We ought to be doing things. We ought to be setting up memorial stones to teach our children and grandchildren what we have seen God do. We ought to be passing down across the generations a memorial so that our kids and grandkids will know we serve the living God. Joshua chapter 5. They're now across Jericho, Gilgal, Jordan River here. Ready to go into battle? Not quite. Joshua 5. When all the Amorite kings across the Jordan to the west and all the Canaanite kings near the sea heard how the Lord had dried up the water of the Jordan before the Israelites until they had crossed over, they lost heart and their courage failed because of the Israelites. At that time, the Lord said to Joshua, make flint knives and circumcise the Israelite men again. So Joshua made flint knives and circumcised the Israelite men at Gibeath Ha'aratloth. This is the reason Joshua circumcised them. All the people who came out of Egypt who were males, all the men of war, had died in the wilderness along the way after they came out of Egypt. Though all the people who came out were circumcised, None of the people born in the wilderness along the way were circumcised after they'd come out of Egypt. For the Israelites wandered in the wilderness 40 years until all the nation's men of war who came out of Egypt had died off because they did not obey the Lord. So the Lord vowed never to let them see the land he has sworn to their ancestors to give us, a land flowing with milk and honey. He raised up their sons in their place. It was these Joshua circumcised. They were still uncircumcised since they had not been circumcised along the way. After the entire nation had been circumcised, they stayed where they were in the camp until they recovered. Then the Lord said to Joshua, Today I have rolled away the disgrace of Egypt from you. Therefore, 
That place is still called Gilgal today. While the Israelites camped at Gilgal on the plains of Jericho, they observed the Passover on the evening of the 14th day of the month. The day after Passover, they ate unleavened bread and roasted grain from the produce of the land. And the day after they ate from the produce of the land, the manna ceased. Since there was no more manna for the Israelites, they ate from the crops of the land of Canaan that year. When Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. Joshua approached him and said, Are you for us or for our enemies? Neither, he replied. I have now come as commander of the Lord's army. Then Joshua bowed with his face to the ground in homage and asked him, What does my Lord want to say to his servant? The commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua, Remove the sandals from your feet, for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did that. In Joshua 6, this is the famous story. You understand what's happening here. They cross the river, chapter 3. They set up the memorial in chapter 4. Come to Gilgal in chapter 5. The men are circumcised. They observe the Passover. The manna ceases. Joshua encounters this strange man with a sword. I believe that's a pre-incarnate appearance of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a, it's a message for Joshua. You're going to have to fight my way and in my strength if you want to win. So now, Joshua 6. Now Jericho was strongly fortified because of the Israelites, no one leaving or entering. The Lord said to Joshua, look, I have handed Jericho, its king, and its best soldiers over to you. March around the city with all the men of war circling the city one time. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carry seven's ram horn trumpets in front of the ark. But on the seventh day, march around the city seven times while the priests, priests blow the ram's horns. When there is a prolonged blast of the horn and you hear its sound, have all the troops give a mighty shout. Then the city wall will collapse and the troops will advance each man straight ahead. So Joshua, son of Nun, summoned the priest and said to them, Take up the Ark of the Covenant and have seven priests carry seven ram's horns in front of the Ark of the Lord. He said to the troops, Move forward, march around the city, and have the armed men go ahead of the Ark of the Lord. After Joshua had spoken to the troops, seven priests carrying seven ram's horns before the Lord moved forward and blew the ram's horns. The Ark of the Lord's Covenant followed them. While the ram's horns were blowing, the armed men went in front of the priest who blew the ram's horn and the rear guard went behind the ark. But Joshua had commanded the troops, do not shout or let your voice be heard. Don't let one word come out of your mouth until the time I say shout. Then you are to shout. So the ark of the Lord was carried around the city, circling it once. They returned to the camp and spent the night there. Joshua got up early the next morning. The priest took the ark of the Lord and the seven priests carrying the seven ram's horn marched in front of the ark of the Lord. While the ram's horns were blowing, the armed men went in front of them and the rear guard went behind the ark of the Lord. On the second day, they marched around the city once and returned to the camp. They did this for six days early on the seventh day. They started at dawn and marched around the city seven times in the same way. That was the only day they marched around the city seven times. After the seventh time, the priests blew the ram's horns, and Joshua said to the troops, Shout, for the Lord has given you the city, but the city and everything in it are set apart to the Lord for destruction. 
Only Rahab the prostitute and everyone with her in the house will live because she hid the messengers we sent. But keep yourselves from the things set apart or you will be set apart for destruction. If you take any of those things, you will set apart the camp of Israel for destruction and make trouble for it. For all the silver and gold and the articles of bronze and iron are dedicated to the Lord and must go into the Lord's treasury. So the troops shouted and the ram's horns sounded. When they heard the blast of the ram's horn, the troops gave a great shout and the wall collapsed. The troops advanced into the city, each man straight ahead, and they captured the city. They completely destroyed everything in the city, every man and woman, both young and old, and every ox, sheep, and donkey. Joshua said to the two men who had scouted the land, go to the prostitute's house and bring the woman out of there and all who are with her, just as you swore to her. So the young men who had scouted went in and brought out Rahab and her father, mother, brothers, and all who belonged to her. They brought out her whole family and settled them outside the camp of Israel. They burned the city and everything in it, but they put the silver, gold, and articles of bronze and iron into the treasury of the Lord's house. However, Joshua spared Rahab the prostitute, her father's family, and all who belonged to her, because she hid the messengers Joshua had sent to spy on Jericho, and she lives, she still lives in Israel today. At that time, Joshua imposed this curse. The man who undertakes the rebuilding of the city Jericho is cursed before the Lord. He will lay its foundation at the cost of his firstborn. He will finish its gate, gates at the cost of his youngest, of his youngest. And the Lord was with Joshua, and his fame spread throughout the land. Read this story. I hear Joshua fit the battle of Jericho, and the walls came tumbling down. Did you notice two things? It's really just one thing, because it's really the lesson for the moment. At the crossing of the Jordan River, what led the way? The Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. Remember, the Ark of the Covenant represented the gracious presence of God with his people. And when they marched around the city of Jericho with those imposing double walls, what did they put in the front? Well, they had the some of the soldiers and then they had those ram's horse. But what was in the front? The Ark of the Covenant, the gracious presence of God. And it was God who put himself right in the middle. The battle is the Lord's. Some trust in horses and some in chariots, but what we will trust in the name of the Lord our God. When God is with you, when the Lord is in front of you, when God is leading you, you will not be defeated. You will go from victory to victory. There will be battles. There can be setbacks. There certainly will be times of difficulty. In all that we do, let us put God in the front. Not our plans, not our agenda. Let's put God in the front. Let's follow him. It's the safest way. It's the best way. It's the only way. Go out, folks. Have a wonderful day. Wonderful day. Better come back tomorrow because something very strange, unexpected. This story is going to take an unusual turn. Come back tomorrow. See you then. God bless.